Hi everyone, Rabbi David Tao here for Mishnah study, Masechet Shavuot, Perek Zayin, Mishnah Dalid. Mishnah Dalid continues the list of people that we mentioned in Mishnah Aleph who are Nishba Venotel. We mentioned that normally the practice is that the Shavuah Mita is placed in the hands of the Nitba, the defendant, in which he swears and is exempt from payment. However, sometimes that Shavuah can revert back to the Tobeya, to the one who is the prosecutor, and he can swear and collect. One of those instances we mentioned, the fourth instance in the Mishnah Aleph was if the other person who normally has the ability to swear is someone who is suspect of, of violating false oaths, someone who is not trustworthy to take an oath in court because of past experiences. The Mishnah now details that in Mishnah Dalet. If the suspect uh, with regarding to taking an oath, the person, the litigant is a suspect uh, with regard to taking an oath, um, then the Shavuah will revert back to the prosecution. Ketzad, how does this work? If one is known to have in the past taken a false oath of Shavuah Edut, a false oath of testimony, or a false oath in regards to a deposit or a lost object, claiming that he didn't have it, but he really did have it. These are obvious cases in which a person is no longer trustworthy to take an oath, and therefore we don't give him the opportunity to take an oath because he's not trustworthy in court. But says the Mishnah, even a Shavuat Shav, even if a person at one point in time took an oath in vain, even in such a situation, he would be uh, disqualified from taking an oath and the oath would revert back to the prosecutor. Now, why does the Mishnah say va'afidu shavu'achav? Why is shavu'achav even more of a chidush that it would invalidate the person than shavu'at edut and shavu'at pikadon? Bartenura explains, lami ba'ya shavu'at edut v'shavu'at pikadon. It goes without saying that a false oath of testimony or a false oath of deposit would invalidate the person from taking oaths in the future. De'it behu kfirat mamon, because there, there is a denial of money. Not only is the person swearing falsely in the name of God, which is Ra'la Shamaim, but he's also Ra'la Biryot. He's also trying to lose out money from his fellow man. So he's violating something against Makom and Havero. But Shavuat Shav, an oath in vain, is not an oath which is taken to deny someone else money or to deny his property. Rather, it's just an oath in vain that is against God. So you may have thought that maybe Shavuat Ha'idut, which is only against God, that will not invalidate him from oath. Says Bartinura, even Shavuat Shav, which is only evil towards God, that, that would also uh, invalidate him from future oaths. And therefore, the one opposite him, the, the, uh, the, the, the accuser in this case, will be able to swear and collect. Now, notice we left one type of Shavuat that we've discussed in the past out over here. We left out Shavuat Bitui. What about a person who took a, a shavuat bitui that he's not going to eat, for example, or not drink wine, for example, uh, something in the future, and then he violated it? So isn't this also a person who took on a false oath and therefore should be disqualified from oaths? Says Baratinura, not so fast. He says, shavuat bitui lokatane. The Mishnah did not put in the concept of shavuat bitui, a false oath of bitui, as being one that would invalidate a person from oaths. How come? The shivuat bitui de lehaba kegon ochal velo ochal, that is shivuat bitui, which is for the future, such as I will eat or won't eat. We can say, when the person took on the oath, it was a genuine oath. He really did want to refrain from eating or drinking or whatever it is that he didn't want to do or did want to do. In his mind, he really wanted to uphold it. It wasn't false at the time that he made it. 
ואף על פי כן, כפאו יצרו ועבר עליה, אינו חשוב בככה לשבועה. So even though his Yetzir Hara overcame him, overtook him, and as a result he violated his oath, he's not Hashud on Shavuah. We don't consider him an untrustworthy person. At that moment, he had a moment of weakness and he violated his oath. It doesn't mean that all oaths that he makes are false oaths. It's different than Shavuat Edut and Pikadon and Shav, that at the moment that he testified, at the moment that he made an oath, he knew he was lying. That's very different. That's where you lose your trust. But your Ne'emanut is still intact. When you make a Shavuat Pitui, then your Yetzir Hara overcomes you and you don't follow it. That would not invalidate a person from an oath. However, says Bartinura, about bitui l'she'avar, notice there's also a version of shivuat bitui in the past. Shivuat that I didn't eat, right? Which is talking about the past. So it could be that at that moment, that's a shivuat bitui, which he's saying false. He says, I swear that I didn't eat that, but he knows he really did. That's a violation of shivuat bitui l'she'avar. Achalti velo achalti. This will be in the category of Shavuat Shav. This would be similar to Shavuat Shav. Because he took on an oath which is false from his mouth, and that will be included in the area of Shavuat Shav. Because again, it is only Ra'la Shamayim, it is not Ra'la Beriyot. He's not trying to make the person lose out, but that would invalidate him and cause his Ne'imanut to be put into question, and the Shavuat would go to the opposite party. So Shavuat Bitui on Lehaba is not included in this Mishnah because it is not invalidating the person's Ne'imanut for future oaths. This is all talking about a person who, took, who is known to take on false oaths. The Mishnah continues with other examples of people which you'll remember from the Mishnayot and Masechet Rosh Hashanah, which are posel, a person Le'idut. These are different rabbinic transgressions that the Hachamim uh, invalidated such people from giving Eidut, from giving testimony, and as such, they are also invalid from taking on oaths. Says the Mishnah, a person who played with dice, a gambler, someone who uh, loans money with interest, someone who does pigeon races, someone who does business with the fruits of Shemitah. On all of these cases, the person's ne'emanut is in question. His oath is not valid in the court of law. And therefore, in a situation where normally he would take on the oath, but he cannot because he's not a valid uh, oath taker, he's, he's, in, he's invalidated in his ne'emanot, the person will, uh, the other uh, party will go ahead and do the shivu'ah, that, that being the tovea. What happens if both members, the tovea and the nitba, are hashud, they're both suspect for false oaths. Now what happens? This is a case of a dispute where neither person can take an oath and take the money or be exempt from the money, yet an oath would normally be administered in this situation. What happens? If they're both, uh, you know, suspect or whatnot, then the shivu'ah would go back to its original place. This is the words of Rabbi Yoseh. The question is, what does Rabbi Yoseh mean that the shivu'ah will go back to its original place? Neither person can really swear so what's happening over here? How do we resolve the dispute? So Bartinuna gives two possibilities. He says, Some explain by Gemara, Hazra Sinai. The oath goes back to Sinai, the Shvuat Har Sinai, to the oath that the Jewish people took in Har Sinai, that Hashem made them swear not to steal. And God will collect the debt from the person who denied his friend money. In other words, basically we say, Din's hands are tied. You have a dispute between two people, one's claiming against, but neither person could swear to determine the validity of their claim or the validity of their defense. Bedin cannot do anything. Basically, they leave the status quo and they say it's in the hands of Hashem. 
the oath that HaKadosh Baruch Hu administered to B'nai Israel of Lot Tibzol, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to figure it out, and the one who denied the money, if he in fact is denying it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will find a way to take it out and give it to the other person. We leave it in the hands of Biddin, in the hands of God. But Biddin do not have the authority to neither make a swear in this case, because neither none of them are reputable in swears, but they also cannot collect the debt, because who are they going to rule in favor of? They don't have any clear indication who's guilty and who's innocent. And so therefore, Beddin's hands are tied, the case is going to be thrown out, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs it. That's one approach to the Biyoseh, saying, Hazra Shivu'alim Koma. Others say, no, Hazra Shivu'alim Huyavla. The Shivu'ah then bounces back to the one who was obligated. In other words, the Shivu'ah starts with the normal person. Normally, it's the Nitba, the one who's being, who's the defendant. Um, is the normally the one who gets to make the shivuah. He can't make the shivuah because he's not reputable. So therefore the shivuah bounces to the toveya. He also is not reputable, so he can't make the shivuah. And so hence it bounces back to the nitba. Um, but again, says the says Rabbi Ovadia, excuse me, not to the nitba, it says, it goes back to the one who admitted to a portion of what it is. Because remember, we're talking about a standard shivuah case over here, just where one person is not reputable. So it means we're dealing with a modebe miktat case. So let's give a, a, theory, a hypothetical. You have a situation where Joe says that Sam owes him money, right? And Sam says, I, so Joe says, Sam, you owe me $100. Sam says, I only owe you $50. Normally, a shivuah de oraita would be placed on Sam in this situation. He's modebe miktat. He would swear and only pay the 50 and be exempt from that 50. Now, Sam can't swear. He's invalid. So the Shavuah is going to go to Joe. Joe could really swear at that point and take the full 100. Says the Gemara, he's unable to because he's also uh, 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 irreputable. So now the onus goes back on the person who was Modebe Miktat. And since he's unable to swear, basically he's Hashud and therefore he has to go ahead and pay. So according to this, the Shavuah goes back to the original person who would have been obligated in it. Because he cannot swear, he's now obligated to pay, and he's going to end up losing out. Sam in this situation is going to have to pay the $50. Um, that is the approach, that is the second approach to the words of Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Meir Omer, Yahaloku. Rabbi Meir says, since both parties are claiming against each other, and both parties are unable to swear. Whatever the disputed money is, you're going to split it and down the middle 50-50. And therefore, the Bimeir says, since nobody can take the oath and fully win, we're just going to split the disputed money and hand, and, and hand that to each person.